0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the AgView Pitch. Today, you have Shea Folk with Garrett Brown. And Garrett, you know, today's conversation, as we look at some uh, marketing decisions in the new year, and maybe as we just think about marketing in general, a little bit of a different perspective, not just on, hey, what's going on in the marketplace right now? uh, What's causing the volatility, uh, the weather stuff? You know, maybe a little bit different than the typical stuff we hear in marketing can you just kind of give me a thirty thousand foot introductory level of you know how how you're changing with the marketing services that you offer, but more importantly, just what you think is really important as we head here into twenty twenty two.
1: You bet, Jay. Um, I guess first thing you know, I like most people, probably most farmers, um, kind of tended to look at things from a fundamental perspective only. I used to kind of think, well, technicals is just a just a bunch of lines on a chart, you know, or, or indicators, whatever. Um, but just kind of came to realize that, you know, the, the technical indicators themselves or the statistics, there's something going on behind those things. And that is effectively everybody that is active in the market, engaged in the market, taking a position based on what they think they know. Um, and then, so the, through the study of that price action gives us kind of a real up-to-date picture or view on, uh, Price action, and then uh, through statistics, trying to improve uh, the decisions we make, and, and basically try to have less emotion. Mm-hmm. Because quite frankly, when you think about the fundamentals, um, you know, right now, you know, the the soybean markets rallying pretty good here, with uh, dryness concerns being kind of the main headline. But how do you apportion values and gains to any specific reason? And I think that was part of it. It's uh, you, you just don't know, and you don't know when something's going to turn. So. Kind of trying to come up with rules on when when do we want to make decisions uh, became paramount. And turning to math, I guess, uh, has helped us to try to do that better.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, so when you say things like technicals and fundamentals and lines and charts and graphs, that can be pretty scary from someone that's not familiar with it. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, may, maybe not scary, but it's just it's a new language. Maybe it's a different way of thinking about things. How do you go about simplifying that for the farm operation that just wants to to have targets? You know, kind of the first thing we want to look at here is actually defining what your goal is in your farm operation. So for someone that's not as familiar with the technicals and fundamentals, what do they need to be thinking about when they work with a a market analyst or a broker or or someone that's in the business that you're in? Uh, You know, what information are you sharing with them that helps them in these decisions?
1: Well, um, I guess the first thing, you you kind of touched on goals for a second. So, you know, i would kind of been thinking about about this topic here lately and kind of what we're going forward with. And I think the first thing is just defining what those goals actually are. Um, Make sure that those goals are are measurable and make sure they're reasonable. So, um, you know, just an example. Let's just say you're benchmarking yourself. You know, I think there's a statistic that says, you know, I don't know. Is it two thirds of the cast grain, or two thirds of the grain is sold in the bottom third of the price range? Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just say you're going to try to be in the top half. It's it's measurable, of, and I should say top half of what was available to you when it was all said and done. Right. And you know, is it reasonable? Maybe is it something that you can achieve? Um, and so I think keeping those goals as simple as possible, um, it, it makes it easy, I guess. And and what a better time than than going into the new year? Um, now, as far as Simplifying it again, I would just basically say to an individual, when we when we study price action, we kind of define what has the market done in the past, and is it more than likely that something similar could happen in the future? And if it in, increases our odds, I guess, then that might help to give us an edge. So,
0: mm-hmm. um, and, and yeah. some of that some of that comes from you know. Taking the emotion out of it, kind of the second point here that we wanted to touch on is, you know, drawing a line in the sand. So, you mm-hmm. know, what what is that hard target? So, a little bit different than a goal. You know, a goal is I want to be, uh, you know, this far priced. I want to I want to hit this margin target, whatever. But the line in the sand is saying, okay, when I when I see these conditions, or when we see this price point based on this margin target. We are going to do X, Y, and Z. Is that what you mean by line in the sand? Is is it is it as hard and fast as that, or is there a little bit more play there?
1: Well, there. I mean that that could that could be part of it. Um, but kind of <laughs> what I what I was going to is drawing a line in the sand on what's important. To reach those goal. So, like, it's pretty easy to say that we're all overburdened with information. Um, mm-hmm. Information is all over the place, and quite frankly, we got to the point where we all kind of think information should be free, right? Uh, just because it's kind of puked up. I mean, you can get market intel pretty much anywhere. You can get daily wires for for no charge. You can get, I mean, there's no shortage of daily wires. Um, but I guess me personally, I'm not sure how much value there is for a farmer, uh, for an average farmer anyway, who's not looking to be trading every day um, because a lot of it just isn't necessarily relevant. Um, you think about, well, so-and-so, I don't know, Algeria bought, you know, hundred thousand tons a week today. Is that a is that a decision making tidbit that's going to go into it? You know, for most of us, probably probably not. Um, and and I, I'm you know a very high percentage probably not. So you know, and then I guess the other big thing there is. So we're reading these daily wires every day. Uh, we get the flavor uh, you know from an individual. Um, are, are we reading those every day? How much time are we actually spending? reading things that may or may not actually have an effect on our position. And then, you know, let's say that we get uh, uh, recommendations or different things that come up in those, and then that's the day we miss, and then we miss the whole thing altogether. So Mm -hmm. that's what we're kind of trying to avoid, is just getting inundated with information. And I guess one thing I would key on, too, is, you know, we've chatted with individuals, like, well, I get, you know, wires from these four people, so I can kind of compare thoughts. And I think what that allows a guy to do is if you're not really diligent in kind of how you consume that information, you can kind of fall in the groove of getting confirmation bias and you just pick the one you like at that time, which is going to be most beneficial to
0: you. Mm-hmm. Right. So, well, and, and I think that information overload is so crucial. Like you said, it's a situation, Algeria or whatever's going on in Ukraine or, you know, conditions in Brazil, it, you know, what, mm-hmm. what, what does that, what does that mean to me? And, and, uh, You know, I think farm operations, I've been guilty of it in the past and, and God bless my father-in-law. I love working with him, but you know, he, he talks about, well, you know, it's, it's dry in Brazil and, and corn prices are up. Maybe I should sell some corn today. Well, you know, what, what's your trigger there? What's your margin target? Do you, do you truly um, have conditions in place to make those key decisions and and not everybody does. And I think what you're saying is, as you move into a new year, do you do you kind of need to reframe your marketing strategy, and maybe maybe less is more. Maybe we need less variables and and harder, um, or or hard and fast decisions that need to be made. Is that kind of what I'm hearing you saying? Well, that's that's
1: exactly it. And so you know, right before I would even get there, I would say, you know, what a what an opportunity to see where understanding your break evens better than ever uh could be such a tool for confidence in, in marketing going into 2022 with whole fertilizer situation uh with uh, increases in in chemicals and that sort of thing um with with where price is at it's it just you know there's been a lot of talk about inflation i think honestly more than inflation in the in the commodity markets i'd almost call it like logistical inflation to where it just feels like You know, the farmer isn't able to, uh, let's just say fertilizer. If they can make a good margin, it's just like, you know, let's just lock this up. Let's make the pain go away right now. Just don't know that we're covered for next spring, no matter what happens. Mm -hmm. Um, The ethanol plants, ethanol spot margins have been pretty good. So, you know, we're up in the North Dakota market. We've seen uh, really aggressive buying all the way through the curve here, basically into next summer. And if they're making good margins here, and especially in the spot market, you know, maybe perhaps, I don't know exactly what they're thinking, but having been in that space myself, I'm wondering, you know, is it one of those things where it's like, you know, let's just get covered. Let's just make sure we have the corn, you know, mm-hmm. and who else in the environment is like that we're seeing tenders like the Saudis had purchased for May through July, you know, don't tell anybody, but that's into the new crop window for mm-hmm. a wheat market. Um, you know, and obviously the wheat market's kind of fallen. We'd seen international tenders come down a little bit there, at least for a time. And, uh, kind of leading back to my logistical inflation standpoint, we just feel like we got to have it. If we can make it work, we do it. Um, so again, going back to the, the even analysis, but yeah, going to, um, kind of the next topic with putting our marketing plan together, uh, what can we do simply to really create that marketing plan so it can function, but doesn't necessarily lock us in, you know, um, keeps us flexible, provides some, some, Guide rails, so to speak, to uh, kind of decide—you know—how are we going to make decisions moving forward?
0: So, when you talk with a farm operation, I mean, you know, how much, how much depth and level of complexity do you need to understand about that operation uh, to to kind of help them with their goals and help them with their targets? Is it is it simple? Is it complicated? Um, you know, and and the reason I'm asking this question is not specific to your services or. Um, you know, what you do in the markets. But I think it's good perspective for you know, the listeners here to understand that maybe maybe your market stuff doesn't need to be as complicated as you make it or or maybe you do have too much information. Or, uh, you know, maybe you need to, to look at something different. Maybe you need more of a strategy than what you have in place because you're emotional. So, you know, when, when you're talking with a, with a farm operation, what stuff do you need to know that really helps with some of the key decision making to set them up for success?
1: Uh, you know, I mean, first thing is who are the decision makers on the, on the farm? Who, mm-hmm. who stands to benefit or, or to lose or, you know, h- however you want to look at that and make sure that all that those opinions are heard that everybody's on the same page. Um, you know, and from there, kind of, like I said, you know, figuring out what's important, like at what point can you find peace? Cause at the end of the day, I mean, the markets move up and down all the time and you got to decide just how active you want to be. And what I'm seeing is more people want to get away from that. I mean, they, they want more time with family. Um, you know, it's it's like in the summertime, if they're not at the farm, a lot of times they might be at the lake mm-hmm. in the winter time might be in Arizona, might be out ice fishing. Um, mm-hmm. So there's definitely this kind of drive to find more of a work-life balance, I think. And so with that, um, you know, I like to know things about like, their storage assets, what's their cost of production, um, and it just kind of helps to, to create that marketing plan. But let's just say that I was going to sit down with with you, and we were going to kind of go through and start putting together a marketing plan for you. What we've started to do here is is to basically ask six questions, um, and what these questions are going to do is to help us determine um, you know, what kind of a trigger we need to use. And this is to make decisions. Like, let's just say we're going to go out and we're going to make a sale or we're going to, we're going to, you know, have some re-ownership. And this is just kind of, a, I guess, as it, as it says, it's a trigger to do something, to try to achieve your, your goals. Um, then, and so one of those questions is going to be, you know, like asking, what's more important to you? Is it going to be profitability or is it going to be maximizing revenue? Cause I think at first, a lot of us think well, we're, we're just here. We just want to make a good profit. But then we see that the market rallies and all of a sudden it's like, then we kind of switch to maximizing revenue. And it's like, well, the cows have kind of already got out if you already started to perform. So it's just trying to decide what are you really shooting for when it gets started? And then the second thing is trying to decide, well, what's harder for you? So is it harder for you to sell in the markets going up knowing that you know the, that these prices might look cheap later on? And that you're going to be missing out or is it harder to actually go out there and make a sale after the market's turned and it's pulled back, you know, 20, 30 or 50 cents or a dollar, depending on what kind of a year we're having. So, right. um, the, the interesting thing about that is really simple question. Everybody can answer it. Um, but I think most people are out there trying to maximize revenue. They're trying to get as much as they can and just, mm-hmm. we'll kind of file that away for a second. The second one is, I, I mean, my guess, 90% struggle to sell after that top has been in. At least that's from the, the discussions that I've had with a lot of different types of farmers. And so what that can kind of tell us is, you know, because quite frankly, nobody can exactly predict the market, right? Um, a lot of people poured a lot of money into that to try to do so, but it's all, it's a lot of it's just risk mitigation and the determining what's the likelihood of something happening next. But if you have a hard time selling when the market's turned around, it tells you that you need to find some type of an indicator that's going to tell you, hey, the market has historically kind of run its course when it's done X. Mm-hmm. And we need to be forward selling. We need to have something that says, hey, this, tr- this trend of this markets going up, this trend could change. You better be ready to make a decision or you better be making the decision. Um, right. So, uh, but if you're on the other end, let's just say it really bugs you to have missed out on on that. Um, on that high, well, then you might be looking for more of a confirmation indicator that says, hey, you know, the trend's changed. You know, we've gone up. Now we're coming back down. You better make a sale. But then there's obviously things with that. It's how much are you allowing that market to come back before you determine that, yep, this trend is definitely over? Because there's the, the whiplash effect. And you don't like, we, we've all had a situation where the market peaked, it came back, we made a sale, and then the market went back up again. And it makes you think, well, I flinched. I shouldn't have done that.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, the you know, problem, I think, I think yeah. what you're saying too, or one thing that I hear you saying is, you know, the key here is execution and and understanding what those are, what comfort level a producer has, and actually doing something with the information. Now, some people um, would rely more heavily on you or folks like you to help them make that decision. And, and some of them maybe with a little coaching and, and, you know, if they already have significant understanding of the markets, they might be comfortable in executing these strategies themselves Uh, of people that you work with, you know, what, what's the split there or, or how do you think about that when you're working with a farm operation?
1: Well, I mean, first off, our goal is not to work with more people than we can really get to know. Well, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and some people, they like to go out and trade on their own and they like to have somewhat of an understanding of the rules, uh, that, that, you know, that we have, that we, you know, that we keep internally that are proprietary to us. But, um, Others are, are very reliant and just say, you know, they just want to know, they just want to know when to make a decision and that it, you know, it's grounded in, in, in logic, I guess. Um, and so, you know, the way we do it is we've figured out indicators that kind of fit both sides of mm-hmm. what I was just telling you, a forward-looking and a rearward-looking indicator. Um, we've reviewed those over the, you know, say a 10 year period and so, over the last 10 years, let's say it's whether it's 2011 to 2020 or 2012 to 2021, you've seen a lot of different types of markets. Um, you see markets that just don't quit, they just, they just go up and up and up, you know, 2020, 2021, um, 2012, similar situation. And you've seen other years where, like, 16, 17, 18, 19, where, you know, the market's largely just kind of chopped around, you know, in, in ranges. And, um, you know, if we can find indicators that had performed well across that whole span of time, and hopefully, again, that can kind of provide us an edge um, to apply those concepts, those rules into the future. But again, there's still no guarantee um, that we're going to you know, get a specific level of performance. But that comes back to what are we trying to achieve? Having reasonable expectations and then having those rules in place that says, well, if the market's going to do this, here's how I'm going to respond or I'm not going to respond. So,
0: right. I appreciate you kind of walking through this, you know, as as we wrap up here um, any last key things, you know, key questions that you're asking or um, things that a producer needs to be considering as they maybe look at making a change here for 2022.
1: You know, I think the thing just comes back to finding and and declaring some reasonable goals and to make sure that those are uh, measurable, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever those benchmarks are that they are measurable to find really what, what are we trying to achieve? Are we just, we're trying to be profitable or are we trying to max out the market all the time? I mean, cause quite frankly, most operations probably are not out there wanting to run a speculative hedge fund. Uh, that's not the business we're in. We're to try to be out there marking the crops the best we can and get the best price we can and then prepare for the next year's crop and, and enjoy all the stuff that happens in between. Um, you know, the next thing is just, to me, find a consistent information source that you trust that does not always agree with you. If you're a bull all the time, maybe you should find something that tends to lean a little bit more conservative. Or if you tend to sell, you know, too early every year, maybe you find something that tends to give you kind of that kind of that balance. But you know, at the end of the day, it's information you have to trust and it has to be objective. Uh, the final, you know, the third thing kind of just goes back to that cost production. Um, you know, the market doesn't necessarily care what your cost of production is, but I think it, it does a couple of things. One, it just makes sure that you're on track with what those goals are as far as profitability goals um, and helps give you confidence in your execution. And then the final thing is just when you're putting your marketing plan together, um, kind of having consistent triggers rules that have worked in the past. And, and just try to apply those going forward and then just try to continue to improve those as you go along. And if, if you have no problem doing that, you have really good understanding. Well, then you maybe don't need anybody else. You know, if you're not trading any, you know, even if you are trading paper, you might just be looking for really cheap execution services, clearing services to get, get what you need, your adjustments done. But if you don't, if you don't have the time, then that's where it, it you know makes sense to bring somebody in that, that you know and trust to help make those decisions. Um, and, uh, you know, continue to try to be more profitable, I guess, going forward. So,
0: Right. Well, and that's the goal. And and there is a lot of profitability on the table here in 2022. So, you know, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, how I would kind of review some of these points from a, from a consulting perspective and what we see with working with clients all over the place is, you know, on these goals, it's called a SMART goal, right? And you want it to be specific. You want it to be measurable. You want it to be attainable. You want it to be repeatable. And you want to have a time restraint on that. So understanding, you know this is kind of where I need to be. This is when we need to be X percent sold. This is how much margin protection we need to have locked into place. So from a goal standpoint, I, I really like what you're saying on that. And the second thing, drawing that line in the sand of, you know, understanding the the key information, what your triggers are, what your execution strategy needs to be. We see this so often that simplicity can be the key to efficiency and it takes so much of the, the emotion and the stress and the, well, what ifs out of the equation by mm-hmm. really dialing in what information is key. Um, obviously, your cost yeah. of production that hits home. You know that's uh, that's what we work with on farm operations every single day. And you know, yeah, you're right. The market doesn't care, but you need to care. You need to know what that margin target is. You need to understand when you're working with uh, someone in the marketing space. Of here's what my keys are. Here's why my execution strategy is in place because. I have this margin target based off of my individual cost of production. You can't use someone mm-hmm. else's numbers, you can't use university numbers, you can't take averages. You need to know what that is for your farm. And then finally, you know, putting that marketing plan together, I think people, you know, maybe get a little overwhelmed with these marketing plans because we'll well things change. You know, it corn could go to six dollars or it could drop back down to 380. And why am I gonna spend time putting a marketing plan together? the best farm operations that we work with um, have a marketing plan. You know, they're not just winging it. They, mm-hmm. They've been successful because they have some sort of strategy in place and and they're always looking at, you know, what else do I need to be considering? Do I need to, do I need to work with someone like Garrett? Do I need to, uh, you know, get some different perspective? Like you said, if, if I'm a bull, you know, consistently, do I need to find someone that's maybe a little bit more bearish in the market? So, you know, I, I love mm-hmm. these, I love these key points and, and, and more importantly, Garrett, you know, I'm just, I'm happy to have this conversation because I do think we need to maybe reframe how we think about these things as we move into 2022. And, you know, I just, I highly encourage, uh, you know, listeners to, to, to take these things into consideration. So any, any last thoughts here, Garrett?
1: Yeah. I mean, with that last little bit talking about simplicity, I mean, you know, we're, we're, I'm more than willing to, uh, you know, share with the spreadsheet that we're using with some of our clients here going forward. I mean, it contains three really simple parts of it. The first part, farm profile. It's just the basic farm information that everybody figures out anyways. Things like here's the acres, here's what I have for storage, anticipated yield, all all that sort of thing, break even, um, would take you almost no time at all. The mm-hmm. second part is just declaring it. it I call it my uh, kind of like my hedging parameters or my sales parameters. It just says, here's the rules that I'm going to use uh, to define when I need to make a sale. And it's, it, you know, for me, it's more technical based, but maybe for somebody else, it's, it's profitability. Mm-hmm. The, the, the second part of that is the method I mentioned, which is essentially, are you trading any paper? Or are you entirely going to be with, you know, physical contracts? And that's one of those things in, the, in that little questionnaire that I, that we do with our clients that just defines if they're, if they're not comfortable with margin at any, at any level, well, then you know exactly what tools to use. And then the final thing is the volume. How do you determine what kind of volume that you're going to sell and having? So that's all in there on that marketing plan. And the final thing, which is kind of the, the delivery windows that we need to hit. And that comes back to storage capacity and, you know, the risk assessment that we have on, our, on ourselves, how much risk we're willing to take. And mm-hmm. like I said, I'm willing to share that with you. It's, it's not necessarily, that, that part isn't really proprietary It's because at, at the end of the day, what's going to separate every part is how well they define those goals and how well they're willing to execute those. What are the rules are they actually going to have? And that's where a lot of the work actually comes in.
0: So, Great. Well, and, and if they want uh, to reach out to you on that spreadsheet, I love being able to have sender tools or to have something in front of you, you know, even if, even if it doesn't get sent back necessarily of just understanding, Hey, here's, here's some ways I need to think about this. Uh, how would they go about getting that from you, Garrett?
1: Sure. Well, I mean, you could just, you know, shoot me an email. Uh, it's, G Brown at Kodak group.com. That's Kodak with a C. Um, or just give me a call. Uh, number is 701-521-0055. That's my cell number. Um, no spammers, please. But uh, no, it, 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 it's really, like I said, it's really quite simple. It's what you want to do after the fact. Um, I think it can, can bring value to people, I guess, just realizing that, you know, this, this can be that simple, you know, and going back to those goals, if they're simple, if they're measurable, uh, a you know, team. there's only they're, they're <laughs> attainable. Exactly. Exactly. Um, this doesn't have to be impossible, I guess. And I just remember, you know, talking to about a year ago here, we were really starting this rally and everybody was, you know, we were all kind of upset that we had sold too early. And I, I, you know, it kind of goes back to, you kind of have to figure what can you let go and what can you, you know, what do you have to try to change later on and what can you change? So that, that kind of comes into that marketing plan and and how we create and and generate those goals.
0: Fantastic. Well, Garrett, thank you so much for making the time. I, I really appreciate it. And you know, one thing I would encourage too is, you know, whether it's marketing perspective, business planning, whatever else you uh, maybe have as some of your key goals and uh, 2022 here, you mentioned, you know, some people like to have a little bit more time away, maybe spend some time in Arizona in the winter. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention uh, the conference that we have coming up here in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, It's going to be a great event, January 26th, 27th, and 28th. Uh, Operations from over 15 different states. A lot of variability, diversification represented. Great operations there. So if anybody listening to the podcast uh, is interested in that, please go to agviewsolutions.com. Click on the conference tab at the top and be sure to get registered. Garrett, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it.
1: You bet, Jay. Thanks for having me on.
0: And thank you, everyone, for listening. We will catch you next time on the AgView Pitch.